Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Tune Machine. I am Andy Hot Body Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along to another Tune Machine. We've just been informed ahead of time uh, of the chart that we're doing. And Sam, you're very excited about it, but we'll let the uh, random pop blob reveal it in its own inimitable manner. Uh, random blob, use your gob. Tell us Tell how us to, how do, to our do our job. job. Which chart is it going to be? It is your sweet spot, Sam. It is just oh. in the aftermath, the come down of Euro '96. We'd have been. Oh, you say it's a my sweet so. spot. This was British. This was Britain's sweet. This Britain's was everyone's. Spot. It must have been your sweet spot. T- tell me that there was a better time in your life than than the summer of '96. It's not possible, mate. Um, I'll be honest. This was Euro '96. Uh, I was sharing a flat with my best mate. We were uh, awesome. living living the lauded lifestyle, basically. Men behaving badly, awesome. Alcohol and casual <laughs> sexism whenever possible. Yeah, uh, I, I thought was, you were going to say casual sex, which was much uh, better than casual uh, sexism. Uh, <laughs> suddenly not. I was twenty four, so you know I was probably at my peak. But uh, yeah, great times. Yeah, mate. Um, Fucking great gonna- summer of ninety six. You're in a, yeah. this is the afterglow, so we're not right in the middle of it. But the thing is, I think. We all sort of carried on, mm-hmm. carried on at it for yeah. the rest of the summer. Pretty much. I mean, this actually, has been like a- I, <clears throat> actually, I do. I have a painful memory, and that memory is having to do a job, oh. um, which was actually a really good, like, privileged job to have got because right. I got a job as a runner on a film that mm. became the film that I've never actually seen called, I think, Shooting Fish. It was one of those sort of brick of that, yeah. in the yeah. in the aftermath. But I this think was they like called them, I think I think they called them Brit flicks, didn't they? It was a Brit flick. It was a Brit flick, and it was yeah, sort of like you know, cool sort of pseudo Irving Welsh type vibe to it. Uh, but I managed to blag it on on. I got an opportunity as like the tea boy uh, mm. behind the scenes, but I was such a little cunt. 
that rather than think, <laughs> fucking hell, what an opportunity, I had the humpback. But I needed to do it because I needed money, right? Yeah. And it's obviously much better than most jobs that people yeah. of that age are getting in their summer holidays. I was still a student. Um, I got it through my brother's then girlfriend, who knew someone on it, and right. I had to drive out to Shepparton and the, the studios, which is right out sort of in Surrey. And I just had the ump because I was just still in the first throes of love with my good wife, right? Yeah. And I was in the first throes of love with the whole Euro 96 summer. And, yeah. you know, there'd been, you know, a lot of day, you know, student fucking just day, daytime hedonism and just having mm-hmm. a laugh nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I remember just fucking driving out to these studios and just being a right grumpy cunt when I came, like two <laughs> weeks into work. it. I'm coming back after fucking this, this day of fucking photocopying scripts for a, for a film <laughs> and making tea for people. And I'm coming back to my girlfriend's house or her mum's house. And I'm like, what, I would have been 21. And I'm giving it, oh, coming in like I've been out <laughs> in the pit all day. Oh, fucking hell. What a day. Two weeks in. Probably two days in. Another fucking day at the coalface. Go on, sweetheart. Make us a cup of tea where we are. In fact, if you've got anything stronger I could do with that, okay. let us some I've fucking right, steam. I've got a right blinder behind the eyes. Yeah. There's traffic all the way home. It was right like that. I was acting like a proper sort of like working yeah. man in this yeah. piss-easy fucking job. Um, yeah, the living embodiment of privilege in in that sense. Uh, I'll have but been. What rem- twi- Go on. The, what triggered my memory of that? Just bl- glancing at the chart that's come up before our eyes here is the song at number six, "Good Enough" by Dodgy. This mm. is a song that I really, I would say, rationally hate. Like, because mm. uh, I suppose it's a fair enough song. There's not much wrong with it. It's just a pop song, isn't it? Yeah. But it was, I remember I would drive in and out and this was just to give it the, the, just to polish the Euro 96 nature of this. Chris Evans was yeah. doing the radio, right? <laughs> I guess like he was day. doing yeah. breakfast. It, breakfast show, it felt it? like all day, yeah. Because yeah. I remember, I just remember this song and it was like, it, this is a classic Chris Evans song, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Chris Evans was sort of the ringmaster of Britpop. But at the same time, you got the strong sense he didn't really know or like music much, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I think that. So if you read Chris Evans' book, and his first book is actually fucking good, right? It's like right. amazing. His his story when he was, you know, just growing up and then becoming famous. It was like he's yeah. got a he's got a really good story. He's written a few books. The first one's the best one. And he um and he he was a DJ, a mobile DJ before he kind of actually went into being on the radio and all of that, it, you right. know, just driving round to discos, like doing like four or five discos a night in like okay. the Northwest sort of thing, really hard working. And, uh, but never really seen that passion about music. Anyway, good enough by dodgy was on the, fu- on radio one morning, noon and Constantly. fucking night. And I just, in those days wouldn't have even comprehended the existence of other radio stations either. I'd have just been like radio one, mate. Stick Radio 1 on. Well, Radio 1 was really, really good at the time. It was when yeah. Matthew Bannister had taken over and he got rid of the old guard and he'd brought yeah. in, you know, people like Mark and Lard and Joe Wiley got the daytime yeah. show and all that sort of thing. So it was... Pack you know, and if Mac. You weren't going to listen to it. You weren't going to listen to it. 
you weren't going to listen to um, commercial radio, capital, whatever capital. it is down there, and or metro radio in the northeast. You weren't going to listen to that. When I was when I was a bit younger, all. I used to listen to capital all the time. But by this stage, it was all about no radio one. Yeah, of course. In radio but one, yeah, I, I, good enough was was up there with. I would say probably "Wake Up" by Boo Radley's as being exactly. a Chris Evans type of song. Exactly, and the other one, "Reef," because he used to use that. Oh show. yeah, yeah. Get your put your hands on, put yeah. your hands on. They I'll all are similar that. in that they were kind of linked to Britpop, but they were mm. basically like borderline novelty songs. I know that's yeah. harsh, but and that's what yeah, he totally. loved, didn't he? He loved yeah. sort of like wee, sort of doing the conga songs. That was it, yeah. Yeah, office party music. But, mm. um, I mean, I'll have been in the final throes of my price tenure at this point. I left in December 96, just right. before Christmas. That was like two weeks before the before Christmas. So I was like, it's getting busy. See you, dickheads. Um, so I left mm. in December. But what, what had happened? We must have thought about I'd, this. Pres- presumably you were there during the Blur Oasis Country yeah. House versus Roll yeah. With It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was there for that. I was 95, wasn't it? But, like, oh, I mean, right. I'd started writing bits for the NME the year before, 95. Mm. And I'd, I'd had a couple of meetings in London with producers about maybe writing some stuff for Radio 4. So I decided I was now a writer and I was going to pack in the yeah. day job well, and dedicate enough, myself to the writing. Um, so th- that meant moving out of the flat that I'd lived in with my mate and moving back in with I'm my I'm sorry, but I'm leaving to some writer's quarters that I have got in the town. <laughs> No, I left to go back to my parents' house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Moved back in with me folks and sponged off them for a bit longer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That, this, well, this you, you got to do that stuff, though, haven't you? you got to sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, you got to follow. you just got to think, fuck it. it. I'm going to take a step back, one step mm. back, in order to take two steps forward. And it, it led to a lifestyle of probably uh, writing for an hour or two a day and playing football manager on my PC. For well, a great day that's of the lovely. Day as well. I mean, that's all anyone aspires to, really, as a lifestyle. <laughs> you know, you can't write from nine to five. Fucking hell! Nah, you got to go, you got to do it when the inspiration visits you, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. Shall we go through this top forty then? Do a rundown, yeah. as we normally do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I like uh, doing this bit when we do our voices. Good. I think the I think the fans like this bit as well. <laughs> Send us a tweet if you like this bit. Uh, Get ready right. to press play and record on your cassette deck. This is the bit you'll want to record and play back to your friends. All right, here we go. Uh, down 11 at number 40, it's Gary Barlow with Forever Love. At 39, it's a new entry from Maxwell with Ascension Don't Ever Wonder. What the hell's he on about? <laughs> Mayhem. In at 38, <laughs> new colours. They're looking for a special kind of lover. Oh, I bet you are, nah. guys. That's a sometime like get behind, not like that Maxwell chaps. <laughs> At 37, down four places, three lies by Badil Skinner in the Lightning Seed. <laughs> down eight to 36, it's Alanis Morissette. She's got her head over her feet. Disgusted, really. You in at 35, it's David Morales and Bad Yard Club with something called In the Ghetto. Hmm, interesting. Down 434, Celine Dion, because you loved me. Whatever you say, sweetheart. 33, down 11 places, it's Scooby Snacks from those fun-loving criminals. Cannot approve of crime, I'm afraid. But in a 32, it's the mighty squeeze with this summer. At 31, Nina Cherry with 
woman. She certainly is that, a whole lot of woman. Oh, yeah, front and back. Uh, down 11 at 30, <laughs> it's me, 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 with hanging around. At number 24, down five places, it's live in joy with don't stop moving. And you'll note that they put an apostrophe rather than a G at the end of the word there, which uh, they've got... suggests it's probably an urban number. Uh, they've got that apostrophe in their name as well. But I tell you what, live in joy. I'll stop moving when I want to stop moving. I won't be told by you. <laughs> down one at 28, Tony Braxton, you're making me high. What? Oh, steady on, Tony. Uh, your parents must have been high when they gave you a man's name. <laughs> New in at 27, it's a divine comedy with becoming more like Alfie. In at 26, Kavana and he or she or whatever are saying, where are you? 25, it's a new entry for Evoke with Arms of Lauren. Hmm. Dropping dropping 19 places at 24. Paul Weller in his peacock suit. Hope you kept the receipt, Paul. <laughs> at number 23, they're back. They're back at last. It's OMD with Walking on the Milky Way. Sounds like another drug anthem to me. Down nine at 22, it's Swed with Trash. I heard some of their last, uh, some of their output, and I can't agree more. It bloody is trash. Um, at 21, you in, a liar, if your girl only knew. Whoa, let's hope she doesn't find out then. Sounds like there's a story behind that one. Down four at 20, it's East 17 with someone to love. At number 19, it's dropped five places. Wink with highest state of consciousness, 96, the remixes. Full name, 96 Josh Wink. remixes? <laughs> Bloody hell. Straight I'll be pressed to get through one. <laughs> Straight in at number 19, it's Gloria Staffan with You'll Be Mine, party time. At number 17, it's a chap called Peter Andre, featuring Bubbler Ranks, that must be his chum, with a so-called Mysterious Girl. I wonder who we'll have heard of more in 25 years' time, Peter or Bubbler. We'll have to wait and I see, I suppose. I think mysteriousness is an overrated quality in a lover. I prefer a woman to put her cards all on the table. An open book, I'm if you will. Glad you said that. Down four places at number 16, it's Nas with If I Ruled the World. At 15, staying at 15, they were at 15 last week too. No movement is what okay. I'm saying. It's Alicia's Attic with I Am, I Feel. There's a lot of movement at 14. It's Robbie Williams. He's dropped 11 places with freedom. At number 13, it's a new entry for Brian Adams with Let's Make a Night to Remember. The Groover from Vancouver. Is that what they call him? Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Down five places at 12. It's the Foogies with Killing Me Softly. Weirdly, I was listening to that song only last night. Strange. Cosmos activity. At number 11, down two places. Oh, yeah, Euro 96. It's Born Slippy by Underworld. Lager, 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 lager. Fighting, uh, shouting, shouting. Lager, lager. Straight in at number 10, it's Anton Deck with Better Watch Out. Guys, you'd better watch out because I feel as though the fame game is going to be slipping away from you pretty soon. You can't dine out on Biker Grove forever! Take my word for it, guys. Your career's in the dustbin after this release. At number 9, it's Bone Thugs and Harmony with The Crossroads. Uh, straight in at number 8, it's the Pet Shop Boys. They've released some kind of anagram, I think. Say a vida a... That's the way life is. Yeah. Uh, too many songs in Spanish. I thought we'd seen the back of that with Una Paloma Blanca back in the 70s, but it seems I like thought, it's back again. It's not I nice to see, see in the British chart. 
I thought we'd seen the back of it when Stuart Pearce blasted that penalty home in the shootout back in the summer. A message to Spaniard popsters everywhere. Stay out of our bloody charts. Stay out of our business. (laughs) Stay out of our charts. Stay out of our football. Stay out of our business. That goes for the Spaniards, the French, and most of all, those bloody Brussels bureaucrats. (laughs) Right, back to business. That's seven. Down from four. It's Sunday by eternal. Uh, still at number six, it's dodgy with good enough. Clearly not good enough to go any higher than six, lads. <laughs> at number five, it's how bizarre from OMC. We had OMD earlier, isn't that strange? It is. Hopefully we'll get a little mention of OMB or OME before this chart's over. Uh, down two at number four, it's Lost Del Rio. This is my favourite song at the moment, Macarena. What a track. Number three, it's a new entry for the Backstreet Boys with... We've got it going on. What exactly do they mean? Don't know. Another Maybe it's a tax scheme. <laughs> Another new entry at number two. 3T featuring no less Michael Jackson. Why? They ask. Fucking hell. <laughs> fucking hell. Michael Jackson's collaborating Michael with a bunch of... Jackson. That's called 3T now. <laughs> Jesus, what's happened to that bloke? He used to be good when he did that song about the rat. <laughs> Downhill all the way since then. <laughs> then he released that record about having an illegitimate child, and after that, I was like, "No, thank you very he much." Did, I want, he did the song I about no the rat. The, the song about the rat. Then the song about the bastard child, and then he did a song about a monster. Look at him. <laughs> it was a slow decline. <laughs> My advice to you, Wacko Jacko, is stick to the rats. Stick to songs about rodents. You won't go far Maybe. wrong. Maybe get in touch with someone like Max Clifford and get your career put back on track. <laughs> At number one, there's a bunch of girl singers called the Spice Girls, and they've done a song <laughs> called Wannabe, or Wannabe. I don't know how you pronounce it. Wannabe. It's gone straight in at number one. One hit wonders if ever I've seen them, mate. There it is. That's the chart. Hope you liked it. Jalapeño. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. 
Jalapeño. What a so fucking chart. Are. There, are, there are so many songs in this chart that are nothing less than um, iconic cultural moments. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are. Where do not you least the make- one. Not least the one at the top of the chart, Wannabe. Wannabe, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, begin with that, I suppose. I remember uh, when I saw them, when I first saw... I saw posters around <laughs> London for this band, the Spice Girls, and I saw them. They were just... It was a picture of them, and that was the first <laughs> I'd heard of them, because there was a lot of them. And I'd seen it everywhere, and I thought, this is fucking... This looks sh- like shit. I thought it looked embarrassing, yeah. right? <laughs> um, because I just thought they just looked... They didn't, I suppose, I don't know, we had to, I mean, Eternal, who were also in this chart, were probably the biggest girl band in the chart at that moment, yeah. right, I think. And they were very polished. They were very yeah. cool. They all looked like they'd just stepped out of a Tony and Guys. I mean, Eternal had been around for about three years because I remember Steer was 93. That was That's their best one. When they, yeah. But, um, That's so their was, best one. Yeah, so... <laughs> that was and they were still around then in 96 that's quite a long longevity yeah. of and career that was, so girl music. bands weren't big but that was that was the British they were like in America they were because you, yeah, this was the era of TLC TLC all of that yeah yeah. yeah. but but the they were, the British one was Eternal and they were pretty good but they were very polished and like they were American really they were based on an American look and sound and yeah. then when I saw this like, I thought fucking I know this sounds awful and I'm not going to start doing a rant against the Spice Girls because they've got a lot going for them but at the time it's more of a like reflection on how stupid I was because I thought mm. they look really shabby like because yeah. you were used to seeing these bands that were so that kind of American gloss art directed mm. to perfection right and they were wearing tracksuits and things they were wearing tracksuits and puffer jackets and they just looked a little bit like they had they had the whiff of the shopping precinct about them, they did right which obviously was what was fucking we, we, great about them exactly and it's <laughs> sort of totally in keeping with everything else that was popular in this era not just in yeah. music but in everything right everything was I mean wasn't didn't think I was going to do this yet again but I will I'm going to do a, my little shit rant about the nineties but I'll sit back. no no I'm not going to don't worry I won't go deep but what I'm saying is is that movies films politics books, pop music, the lot was democratised and what sold was stuff that people could, ordinary folk could relate to, right? Yeah. And the Spice Girls and, you know, Oasis or Loaded or any of the, or the Books of Irving Marshall or any of this shit was all tied into that. John Prescott, right? But then you see, (laughs) but then this lot, I'm like, I'm writing them off. No way. No way. They'll never sell a record. And then I had the song and I thought, that's a fucking stupid song. It sounds like something yeah. you'd sing in the playground when you're a little kid. Yeah, but yeah. the moral well, of the story is, I'm the cunt. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was bollocks as well when they came along. I, I, as well, it's working behind the counter at Elle Price and it was mm. massive. Everyone was buying. I thought, what the fuck is this? And I didn't get them until the, the follow-up single, See You'll Be There, which I thought was fucking that brilliant. Is, that is a... Fa- I bought that. That was yeah. such a good single. And it yeah. was a cool video with them in the in the desert playing with some <laughs> kind looked, of space they sexier. <laughs> they, they they were in the desert playing with a space boomerang, right? Yeah. And I thought, yeah, now this I like. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been into regular boomerangs, but this they these girls have took it to a new level. It's a space Fuck boomerang. I, I, t- I turned to my mates. I said, lads, I think I've underestimated this lot. <laughs> <laughs> Look what they're up to now. 
<laughs> Volcanal, this is next level. <laughs> but maybe, but yeah, maybe was, that was oh. maybe that was part of the campaign that Wannabe was supposed to appeal to their core audience uh, of let's say young girls, and then mm, see mm. you'll be there with the leather cat suits and everything, and space boomerang was meant to appeal to load of generation like me and you. We got yeah, board. I think so. And and also, it was it was really good polished pop music. The second single. Yeah. I mean, the first yeah. one of these. I mean, it's just mental, and it felt like a novelty track. No. I mean, yeah. fucking the Macarena's at number four, right? Mm. And I would have almost quali- classified Wannabe with that as a sort of a novelty yeah. song, right? And uh, but say other be there was like, oh right, okay, this is like a good pop pop act. But yeah. there was other things that you when I realised, oh, they're really good. I remember this. This this was the summer that I went to. Um, oh no, it would have been the winter. Yeah, so the following winter I went to Ireland for the incident of the big cow. Right, the big cow. <laughs> yeah. Send the big cow to pull your van out. Right, and it was that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, you forgot about big cow. Don't yeah. forget about big cow, mate. Or I'll tell Sorry, the story man. again, and then you'll have no, to sit I, to I, it. We've been through a lot. We've been through a lot but, over the years. Sorry, but when I was when I was in Cork for big cow, I got a, a copy of Ninety Minutes magazine. Brilliant football magazine. Forgot about edited, that as well. Yeah, great. Edited by our um, sometime colleague and top all-round bloke, Paul Hawksby. Yeah. Right? Created by him, that magazine, at, mm-hmm. just out of his house as a, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just a, one step above a fan scene and then was so popular that IPC, you know, publishers of the NME and Loaded came and bought it. We will have to get him on Humans of Honour if we can. Talk we about should, stuff. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And... And it was like it was probably my f- well. I've, there's a lot of football magazines I've liked, but and nothing will sort of take the place of shoot in my heart because you know when you're a kid it means more. But 90 minutes was the fucking perfect fusion, wasn't it? Of yeah. like being and it, and funny, time. like a fun lad mag a little it's bit. F- four four two came football. out in about ninety three, I think, and that four four two felt yeah. quite stuffy by comparison. Yeah, didn't it? it wasn't. In fact, ninety minutes made a bit of a cunt out of four four two, and then Goal was born out of ninety minutes, and Goal yeah. I think was a, was the sister magazine. I don't I don't know if Paul Hawksby edited that or not, but it was certainly like they thought let's do a monthly version, and they were just like the funny, slightly more punk version of the kind of stayed titles, which is what four four two is made to look like. But anyway. On the cover, that was when I thought, hey, these girls are here to stay. Because I picked out and they'd only ever had footballers on the cover. Right. But the Spice Girls had got so big that I picked up 90 minutes in in a fucking petrol station in County Cork, right? <laughs> and it had all four Spice Girls on the cover wearing... Hang on, there's five of them. Pro- Sorry, five. Were wearing cropped or like knotted above the navel. Right, football shirts, right? So you had Mel B, Scary Spice, right? Leeds United. Yeah. I can feel the temperature rising. Jerry Halliwell, Watford. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, Sporty, Liverpool, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Posh, Man U. But this was before she even knew David Beckham. Oh, right, right. yeah, of course. And Emma Bunton, I think, had a Spurs shirt, right? Uh, Emma Banton was my favourite, and um, which was disappointing, obviously, that she was wearing a Spurs shirt. In fact, legend has it, and uh, Nikki Chapman, who we also make a podcast with, uh, it yeah. was a, was their publicist and was like obviously a bit of a mastermind behind all of this yeah. stuff. 
I mean, that is a masterstroke. Let's stick him on the cover of a fucking weekly football magazine. Well, that, I mean, that, not that even one aimed at kids, saying, but aimed at that, older blokes. That, that kind of ties in with what we're saying about the um, the, the style of music and the the, the way they looked yeah. in the second video and everything. It was like they, they'll just try and capture every possible demographic one by one and lure them in to their yeah. big spice orb. Yeah, like and the, that, and I, when I saw that, suddenly it kind of brought them into the sort of. Yeah, that sort of laddie sort of scene, and and anyway, legend has it is that she, the only one of the five of them who who knew nothing about football and had no affiliation to any club was Victoria, and they go, "Here's your um." They go, she goes, "I I don't know," and they just had a selection of Premier League shirts, and they said, "We'll stick a man new one on then," because they thought, "Well, you should always have." But in the interests of marketing, you should always have a Manchester United shirt yeah. on there because they've got yeah, the most fans, exactly. right? And so she stuck it on, and David Beckham says he saw that, and and she caught his eye at first because Matty better be careful what he says because if he goes, oh, I, 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 I saw her just because she was in the United shirt. <laughs> I mean, if one of the others, if I mean to be honest, I prefer baby if it was just looks. <laughs> I mean, Victoria's dead skinny, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they were, they were fucking enormous. You can't so massive, how weren't enormous they? they were back then. But yeah. the, the, this was just, this was not long after Take That had split up or Robbie had left Take That because Take That up until this period in the early 90s, Take That were fucking enormous. And then Robbie left Take That and almost immediately the Spice Girls took over as like, Similar. Mm. I mean, they, yeah, it was them it and was... Oasis, really, completely different bands in most ways. But yeah, they were both that... just in every newspaper, weren't they? Oasis and the yeah. Spice Girls were in every tabloid every day. I think was it '95 Glastonbury or something when Robbie went off the rails and he turned up with his yeah. blackened out tooth and everything, hung out with Oasis. <laughs> and then, I mean, this is '96. You <laughs> got Gary Barlow. You got Gary Barlow at number forty. But that had been a number one, that Gary Barlow song, Forever Love. I don't know if that was his debut solo single. Might well have but been. That, yeah, it was. But then he just disappeared because he thought, yeah. I'm going to be Elton John. But then he became really mm. unpopular because I think everyone loved Robbie, didn't they? And it took him quite yeah. a few years to come back. It was the X Factor and Simon Cowell and all that. that yeah, got him I mean, back. He, I think he thought because he'd done Back for Good and that, that he was going to be this balladeer yeah. who, like you say, like Elton John, jo- would be just around yeah, forever. Who he, thought was George, he thought it was George Michael post Wham. And let me tell you, Gary Barlow. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And it's like, Gary Barlow, George Michael was not only twice the songwriter you are. I mean, people go on about fucking back. It's not that fucking good. It's like, it's just better than the rest of their fucking dross yeah. they put out. Let's get it right. Yeah. Always going, oh, I'd love to take that. No, take that was shit, right? And all their songs are shit, but Back for Good was a bit better than the other ones. And the only yeah. other ones that were tolerable were cover versions, like Could It Be Magic? Right. I like Prayer. Prayer was good. Yeah. Yeah. But on the whole, they're a shit band. They did a song that was a bit better than the others, and everyone and it had a good video. So everyone was like and so and I got nothing against the lads, by the way. Jason Orange, Howard, mm. little Mark Owen, all yeah. seemed like good, decent yeah, lads Mark. to me. Yeah. Right? But they were stupid. And then he but so he th- he thought because he got too much praise for Back for Good. Way too much praise. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just a great song, 
right? He's not fucking Paul his, Simon, like, right? Like he said it was his careless whisper, wasn't it? And he got ideas. It was his careless station. whisper, but it's just not nearly as good as. I mean, it's just not in the same fucking stratosphere. Of course, it's right? Not. So he wasn't the songwriter, but on top of that. George Michael was a, was the real fucking deal. I mean, this is a yeah. geezer. He was up there with the fucking great creative minds of the fucking 20th century. He's like an innovator who was up to all sorts of magic. George Michael's the sort of bloke who was running around fucking LA getting off with fucking policemen in toilets, mate. Toilets. Right? Now, that's fucking rebellion. <laughs> that is punk rock. That is the spirit of mm. rock and roll. Fucking mm. Gary Barlow with his elaborate fucking film investment tax avoidance skills <laughs> is not going to fucking cut it, right? In his cheap fucking shitty clothes from the Gap, where George Michael's fucking going mental in a cowboy outfit <laughs> with then- a jukebox and mirrored sunglasses, right? These are just two different worlds. Gary Barlow, if you want to be George Michael, start being mental like George Michael. But you can't, you haven't got it in you to be mental. And that's why you'll and never you- be a great artist. And if you look as well at the cover of that single, which is on that chart list that we're looking at, Forever Love, it's, the cover of it is Gary Barlow in black and white, and his entire face fills the entire cover. Nobody wants that. Look at it. And also, he looks like, whereas George Michael was like, I mean, what stage was George, George Michael by this stage? This was around the time where he got done for, like, bumming in the, in the toilets, right? Which I consider one of his high points. This, this was a couple of years before that, I think. This was when oh, was uh, uh, Jesus to a Child came out in 96. And the, oh, the so at this album. stage, right, so, he's he's decided he's a, some sort of fucking avant-garde jazz artist, right? Yeah. And he's he's Great got album. this monk. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to get myself. I'm done with all that fucking weird cowboy look like out of faith and that. I'm going to get a fucking haircut like a monk and a weird sort of spooky moustache and fucking beard. <laughs> and I'm going to dress in black suits and just do jazz, right? And because my, boy, he's my fucking... boyfriend's dead. So I'm going to sing about that for a bit. Yeah, yeah. He's just fucking always pushing boundaries, man. And mm. um, so while he's doing that, Gary Barlow's released a single with a picture of him on the cover that looks like the sort of picture you attach to your CV when you're applying for a job as a fucking regional manager at Ryman's. Yeah. He, he looks like a milkman's assistant on that. <laughs> Fuck, he the wouldn't mil- have the, the balls milkman- to... I mean, speaking speaking as a former milkman's assistant myself, <laughs> I would say he wouldn't have the fucking bollocks to cope with a job like that, right? <laughs> he would fucking... He'd piss his pants on the first yeah. fucking day on the job, well, mate. yeah. Look at him. The other fella's driving the float and he's getting him to do all the running and he has, he's not up to it. He's not up to it. <laughs> oh, I dropped a bottle of cold top. <laughs> Fucking keep up, Barlow, you little prick. People want their milk. I need to be back in bed by ten. I need to be down the bookies by half nine. Come on. <laughs> Why can't you help? How many ski yogurts did you say for number 38? <laughs> Fucking two. Two fucking, one apricot, one strawberry. You fucking clown. <laughs> so, right, we've done number one and we've done number 40. Uh, we've run out of time for this episode, so we'll wrap, we'll wrap <laughs> up for now. Excellent. We have. We'll, we'll do right. everything between one and 40 in between in the next uh, instalment of this because there's plenty of other stuff going on there. Um, yeah, there we are. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, um, well, you know, lo- a, a lovely trip back down memory lane into the greatest mm. moment in the history of human civilization. Yeah, plenty more to come, so thanks and join us again next time. Uh, we love each and every one of you. 
but in different ways. Please remember, never forget the big cow. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.